boy, we're back. We're back. Those are the Stone Roses playing in the background. They shouldn't have been. Hopefully you didn't hear that, and I can always cut it out. But we're back, and on this Valentine's Day, City have received the death penalty. After years and years and years of fighting with UEFA and thinking that they were above the law, thinking that new money from overseas countries was causing problems, UEFA finally, finally has captured Manchester City and nailed them to the fucking cross. What does that mean? City have received a two-year ban from the Champions League and have to pay a fine of 30 million euros. The ban is probably worth to City, who we assume would be in the Champions League both those years, probably somewhere in the range of $150 million a season. So that's a f- almost 300 million euro fine, basically. And City are being n- nailed to the cross for, one, violations of financial fair play, which was this arcane rule basically designed to keep new money from getting into football. But really, they're being nailed for deceiving UEFA in investigations into financial fair play and essentially what amounts to accounting fraud. Now, this is not legal fraud because this is only in compliance with the rules uh, that are so set by UEFA. These are not legal items. City is not a public company. This is only for the efforts of complying with financial fair play. What is financial fair play, you ask? So let's do a very quick uh, rundown. Remember, these are not UEFA is the governing body of all European soccer. So every country in Europe is broken down into different sections. UEFA is the head of the European part of soccer. And there are seven uh, conferences, and they all roll up into FIFA, which is the governing body of all soccer for the world. So it's this arcane system of there's FIFA, there's UEFA, there's CONCACAF, there's CAF, there's Comebol. Every continent has its own group, whatever, whatever. UEFA is the most powerful because it has all the European countries and historically has been, you know, the, the sort of leader in the clubhouse, whatever. Now, financial fair play is a system put in place to ensure that teams do not spend more than they can afford based on debt ratio. It was sold by Michel Platini, who was the wafer wafer chairman at the time, who is now in jail. He's a criminal, indicted with bladder, or in jail or whatever, indicted something. He's a a scumbag. It was sold as a way to ensure financial solvency for soccer clubs, to make sure they didn't spend 
more money than they had. So the idea being that if you make only $50 million a year, you can't spend half a billion dollars on your team. You can only spend what your team earned. Okay, that sounds good on paper. All makes sense. You can't come in as a very rich person and just buy your way to the top. Now, that was happening. There were teams at lower levels or medium levels that were being bought, leveraging themselves really heavily, spending a lot of money on players with the assumption that they would, through their play on the field, reach high-level lucrative competition. So you, your team's only making $50 million a year. You spend $300 million with the expectation that you have a windfall of an extra $150 million. You're in the clear. You can keep doing it. No problem. Okay. That all sounds good. Now, what it hurts is if you have a financial plan where you assume the debt of a team, it's not making a lot of money, and you want it to grow. So let's say you're a multi-billionaire. You see an asset in a very lucrative league and say, you know what? This team is only making $550 million a year. But it's being run so poorly that if I buy it and invest half a million dollars in it or half a billion or a billion dollars or whatever, I think that I can turn this club into a very profitable business. I think that in the first few years, I might lose a lot of money, but in the long run, I'll be creating a global brand that will take over the world. Under financial fair play, you can't do that. Okay? You can't do that because you can't spend the money. Now, financial fair play does not really affect a big club that already makes lots of money, like Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Manchester United, Arsenal, Barcelona. These are entrenched teams that have huge amounts of revenue, hence they can rack up huge debts in order to fund anything that happens. So financial fair play is designed to prevent nouveau reach owners from spoiling the old boys party. Get it? You're a rich team, you get to keep the money, and now you've prevented some ultra-rich multi-billionaire from coming in and making your life difficult. So... The rich teams saw Chelsea and Roman Abramovich spending lots of money. And they didn't want that to happen again when City came along. And so in 2011, they concocted this notion of financial doping, which for our American ears sounds ridiculous. It is the idea that someone comes in and just spends as much money as they want to make their business work. Hello, that's called investing and they protect and close the moat behind them into the very lucrative Champions League which was growing and growing and growing okay so 
Where does this put City? City had been caught for breaching financial fair play in 2014, and we did have to have a reduced squad, and we did pay a $40 million fine, 40 million euro fine. Okay. Now, this was still an investigation, and it was still going on, but this time, City was like, these people are clowns. And what they did was they creatively took their a couple of sponsors, either of the stadium or of their shirt deals, and said, you know what? Because they owned the actual company, Etihad, Etihad. They owned the deals for Etihad. And they inflated the value. They said, well, if you're saying that it has to be based on revenue, well, then my T-shirt deal, my shirt deal for my sponsorship, we definitely paid $100 million for that. They didn't because they own the team. They don't have to pay for it. And the stadium naming deal called Etihad Stadium, Etihad definitely paid us, you know, $50 million for that. So that's the basis of this. City inflated the value of contracts and then tried to hide it from UEFA when they investigated that's the whole thing. City are being banned for two years for hiding the fact that they wanted to invest in their team, for doctoring their books based on these rules that are made up to prevent competitive play against the entrenched big boys. Okay? And this has been ongoing since Sheikh Mansour from the UAE, from the Emirates, bought the team. Um, there's a huge amount of hypocrisy here. These rich teams wanting to close the door behind them. There's a huge amount of building a moat and anti-competitive practice because these big traditional European powers don't want to deal with this new money that they simply can't compete with that have full-on, best-in-class modern management. They're basically run like a high-end corporation that these uh, large-scale companies have done really well and have made their money. They didn't inherit the team. And they want to hold on to the status quo. And the other piece to this is um, soccer had what the equivalent of WikiLeaks. It was called Soccer Leaks. And some anonymous Portuguese guy had a treasure trove of emails and whatever, and it became an expose in Der Spiegel, a German sports newspaper or regular newspaper magazine. Now, that wouldn't be a big deal if it weren't for the fact that Der Spiegel is essentially a known and accepted mouthpiece for Bayern Munich, one of the biggest clubs in the world and one of these big clubs that has been able to be in it. Now, Bayern Munich, by virtue of their weird league setup, can't do the financial thing and actually have haven't been able to compete in this world money game the way Manchester United, Liverpool, and the other ones have been. And they really take issue with the uh, the Sheikh's ownership of Manchester United. So we have conflict all over the place. It's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So there's a little bit of conspiracy theories. Fa uh, City fans have always had a little bit of beef, especially since the ownership change with WEFA, and now this two-year ban has come on, and I've talked for 12 minutes about the history of this problem. If you're still listening, you know how much I care. So 
City's plan is to take this all the way to the end. I mean, internal documents show that City is willing to fight. So the next step in this before the ban, this is UEFA's ruling. The next step is that this will be appealed by City and go to something that is amazing that America that is called the uh, CAF, the CAS, the Court of Arbitration of Sport. And this will be a three-man judgment team, one selected by City, one selected by UEFA, and one neutral person that they both agree on. So we'll see what the rulings are. Ultimately, whatever this final ruling from CAS is will likely seal City's fate, but City may end up going even further into um, international law and EU uh, laws into is the notion of financial fair play as a thing anti-competitive and can they get it disbarred entirely? <laughs> if City are able to do that, then they'll continue. But this is the beginning of a big fight that has been coming. Uh, I think about a couple of things. One, this is very European classic class versus nouveau riche. This is the established aristocracy of football. Liverpool, Manchester United, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Barcelona, uh, AC Milan, Inter Milan, you know, the old clubs, Juventus, saying to these new upstart middle class folks like PSG, like Leicester City, like... Um, Like Manchester City, you're not allowed. Oh, uh, RB Leipzig, you can't play in our game. You can't take our rightful place in Europe. You're not allowed. Right? This is a classic European story. The other faith part of this is the complete and utter bullshit involving um, the hypocrisy of UEFA. This is a corrupt organization city are not guiltless city committed the crime very likely and done something nefarious but to give a two-year ban is absurd um it's really bad so let's let's go to the football side of things so that's the history side that's what's going to happen on the football side the damage can be done because one if for a club like city the attraction to be there is one huge amounts of money but two to play with the best players in the biggest competition in the world the, the Champions League is the biggest thing in the world. It's, the, it's where the world goes around the clubs. It's where you become world famous. It's not People may not watch the Premier League, but they definitely watch the teams in the Premier League play in the Champions League. So someone from Spain knows who players are in England because they play in the Champions League. There's that. But the effect on the field for City is that we could lose our manager who wants to win the Champions League. We could lose young players who want to play at the biggest tournaments in the world. You know, it really puts a damper on your club. It's like it's as though we're being relegated from the biggest championship in the world. So what happens when teams get relegated, drop down a division? Your best players want to leave because they want to play in the best competition in the world. So there's a lot of pain and, and issues at stake that could affect Ch uh, City's squad. We spent 10 years since Sheikh Mansour's takeover building this squad, and actually this is probably the second squad. The first squad, I'd say the, the Yaya Torre-Vincent Company squad, 
that won the first championship in 2011. And now this is the second version of the squad with um, Pep. And so it's really sad. It's really fucked up my day. I was really gutted. But then I, I went around and listened to all the city blogs and I DM'd the, my, my favorite uh, YouTuber, uh, esteemed company, Stephen McInerney, who I feel like is my friend, and I, I hope one day I get to meet him. He was so kind to just respond and be like, don't worry about it, dude. It's just sports. We'll be fine. But, you know, I take, I take that kind of crazy style. Anyway, there's that. And then the, the, the hypocrisy of UEFA is like they can do this, but they can't stomp out racism. There's teams doing monkey chants, and they're like, oh, no big deal. But they can ban my team for fucking accounting errors. It's fucking bullshit. So I hope City go out guns blazing and just like rip down the bullshit of UEFA. So that's my football life. So my season is kind of over. I don't have to finish in the top four. Uh, some team is going to make it, you know. So it's kind of a, a dead season. Hopefully City rallies and is just like, you know what? Fuck you people. I'm going to go win the Champions League. And I hope we do, but who knows? I, you know, I had a bunch of other things I wanted to talk about, but that took a lot out of me, and it's 20 minutes. If you want to hear about other things, you might have to wait another day. I'm tired. All right. That's my hot take. That's just city, all city.